Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yes, indeed. And as promised, I am joined from the University of Minnesota by Julie Weisenhorn, Good morning, Julie, and I know you brought uh, a special guest in. I'm going to let you do the introduction. This is going to be fun today. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Denny. Good morning, everybody. We are joined with uh, Dr. John Trappy. He is our newest addition to our horticulture team at University of Minnesota Extension. He is our turf educator. He's also an agronomist. And, John, I'm going to just... You've been on before, so you know the rules here and the way this goes, but uh, I'm just going to turn it over to you and maybe tell uh, folks a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, Julie and Denny. Uh, thank you very much for the warm welcome. Uh, I'm excited to be back. I, I certainly missed it the last couple of years, and uh, yeah, this is something that uh, you know you just uh, really look forward to and, and, uh, and you know being a part of, so thank you very much. Yeah, and I, this is a, a, not only is it special when Julie's on, but uh, if you have any kind of a lawn, any kind of a turf question, this is your day today, right, Julie? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. ask, ask uh, Dr. John the, uh, the, uh, the turf question. So let me give the number. If you're new to the show, uh, if you want to call in and chat, that's great. We always like to hear voices here in the show. Or if uh, uh, sending a text is easier, that's fine, too. Here is uh, the number for either, 651 461 9226 651-461-9226. Uh, I, I wanted to ask, John, uh, as we get rolling here, uh, you know, as far as so many of us have, uh, our lawns have really suffered this season. I mean, this is, I don't remember, and I, we've lived in this house for a long time, that my front yard looks really bad. What can we do, those of us who, you know, are, are trying to keep it legal and only watering when we can. <laughs> uh, what can we do in the spring now or even in the fall? Let's hope for some snow cover. But how do we rescue or get those uh, the, 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 the lawn to grow again? Yeah, thanks, Denny. That's a great question. So, I, I, you know, I think one thing that we can do, we're a little bit late now for, for doing any kind of fertilization, uh, but what we are coming into is a, is a great dormant season, seeding season. Uh, and what that means is we could uh, seed once we start getting a little bit cooler temperatures, probably next week, uh, but basically start seeding in areas that we knew were thin uh, from uh, losing the grass from uh, you know, the, the drought and the heat from last summer. So, uh, so dormant seeding is, is basically seeding when you know that the temperatures are too cool for the seed to germinate yet this fall or winter. 
and uh, they'll basically the grass seeds will just sit there in, in dormancy until uh, until the spring and then germinate once soil temperatures get up around 50 degrees and we will uh, and then you'll uh, start working on your lawn and and what I would do since you know we missed a lot of uh, these precipitation events to help water in fertilizer you know I would consider doing a spring fertilization as well to try to help thicken in some of those areas as well as uh, help benefit some of that seed that you'd had a, applied for the dormant seeding. Another, and we're getting, uh, in fact, as you were talking, uh, John, about uh, dormant seeding, uh, two two texts came in. One, when should I put down the dormant grass seed? And the other texter said, what is a good grass seed for dormant seeding? Maybe you can field a couple of those again. Yeah, that's uh, the, both of those are great. So the uh, as far as when to seed, uh, I touched on this a little bit, but but you just want to make sure that the grass seed is, has no risk of still germinating yet this fall, and then you have some really immature seedlings that would be susceptible to really cold temperatures and, and die. So uh, real, uh, already we're probably past that point, but just to be a little safe, you can really seed any time as dormant seeding from, let's say, next week all the way until uh, soil temperatures begin to warm up in, in hopefully April. Uh, so uh, so really any time before then. So I try to shoot for right before the first uh, snowfall and then uh, right as the last, uh, the anticipated last snowfall is melting. Uh, you can get out there and, and spread that seed. Um, and as far as what species to use, uh, really uh, any of the grass uh, grass species that we recommend uh, for Minnesota are uh, work very well with dormant seeding. So I would first just make sure that you are matching up the grass seed that you have for your existing lawn. Um, there's uh, several different newer and improved varieties out there for every species. And the Turfgrass, uh, University of Minnesota Turfgrass Breeding Program, and uh, we do some selections here in St. Paul. So uh, so we know what works pretty well, and there's a lot of really good local retailers. On the turf.umn.edu website, um, the, uh, you can find some, uh, we have links on where to purchase seed uh, within the, the Twin Cities and also within the greater Minnesota. Uh, and then we also have information on how to select the right uh, turf grass for your lawn. So uh, it may help setting up and, and aligning your this new grass seed that you're getting to make sure it matches your existing lawn. Or if you're looking to transfer or uh, transition your lawn to a more improved variety that may be more drought tolerant, uh, require less mowing, for example, uh, we have resources there on how to identify those as well. i got to say a bravo to you uh, and your colleagues that, uh, that put together that great website, extension.umn.edu. We always like to Give that a plug every show. It is, it, in Absolutely. fact, you know, in inclement weather, it's great reading anytime, but it's nice when you uh, curl up and uh, by the fire or whatever and, and, and get some really good information. Um, I know we have to take a break here momentarily, but there, there's another. I'm, I'm thinking of folks, Julie, that are joining us a little bit late and they're hearing sure. uh, John's voice. If you're just uh, joining us, John Traffy is our turf. Well, it's ours. We're, we're claiming him to be ours now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, our, it's ours. He's our turf expert from the University of Minnesota. And uh, again, if you have any kind of a lawn question, uh, you want to take the opportunity to call in or text John uh, that question. And of course, Julie. And uh, again, if you have any kind of a lawn question, uh, you want to take the opportunity to call in or text John uh, that question. And of course, Julie's here to answer the questions too. Julie, before we break, let me throw one at you here. Uh, it says, how do you water, and you're going to have to help me with the pronunciation, is it, is it a bromoliad? Bromoliad? 
Bromeliad. Bromeliad. Thank yeah, you. Bromeliad. Houseplant. How do you how do you water it? How often? Thank you, a loyal listener from Woodbury. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you, loyal listener from Woodbury. So bromeliads are understory plants where they grow naturally, and which means that they take a lot of moisture that drips off of other plants, and they collect in the folds of the leaves or the folds of the bracts that are uh, growing. And uh, so when you water it, they really don't need a lot of water. That's the other thing. A lot of people feel like, oh, they should be wet all the time or, you know, I really I, I need to water them too much. And we know from previous discussions on this show and uh, that overwatering is, is worse than underwatering in some cases, especially for houseplants. So just, uh, just feel the soil. When the soil's dry, water it. And you might uh, also add some of that water. You can water it into those uh, spaces of the leaves, and it will kind of filter down through the leaves and into the soil at that point. So um, you don't have to flood it, but just uh, get a little water in there for those plants. So Very good. All right, let's do this. Let's take a, qu- a quick break here. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, we certainly welcome yours by phone or by text. And uh, the number to remember is 651-461-9226. Right now in the Twin Cities, our temperature reading is still holding at 32 degrees. We hope to get near 43. They've taken out the chances of uh, rain today. There are chances tonight and this coming week, as a matter of fact. Uh, But right now, 32 degrees. Don't forget, set your clocks back one hour as you retire tonight. We'll be back with more Smart Garden here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Good Saturday morning to you, the 5th of November. We're in the midst of our Smart Garden Show here on A3OWCCO around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to good folks like Julie Weisenhorn and John Trappy from the University of Minnesota. If you're just joining us, uh, not only is Julie answering our uh, regular garden questions, but John Trappy, our turf expert from the U of M, is answering those lawn questions. So take advantage of uh, John's presence today. Call or text any kind of a lawn or turf question you may have. And that number is 651-461-9226. Uh, speaking of phone calls, we have some here. Let's go to right. John is first up here from uh, South St. Paul, I believe. John, thanks for waiting. What is your question? Hey, see, I just had a question. We have a, a grub problem uh, that is pretty bad. And I know there's certain times of year that you can take care of it or put preventer on. And I guess my question is, what are the good ideas to take care of this or try and take care of this and with the spots that are in the lawn now that are basically dead is it better to replace with sod or dig it up and seed i guess because we had a really nice green lawn before and uh i went to change out some turf uh, like a two by five area and there's like 60 grubs just in this area and i got spots throughout my yard and it's just it's it's bad Well, uh, yeah, that's a, uh, you know, that's a tough situation. I think, uh, so I, I just want to applaud you, first of all, for, you know, checking to see that, that it is actually grubs because a lot of times, especially in the drought season, you know, the, uh, the grub damage will look very similar to just drought or stressed uh, or heat-stressed turf. So, um, uh, so that's great uh, that it is actually, well, it's not great for you, but it's, it's good that you verify that it is grubs. So, 
Uh, what you can do, there are uh, some uh, grub preventer um, insecticide products that you can apply uh, to, a, to a known area uh, if you get them. So typically, if you get them one year, you're going to have them year over year over year. And so you can, you can at least somewhat uh, predict where they're going to be next season. So for the time being, and, and this goes for basically all pests for the lawn, uh, a dense, healthy turf is the best defense for those. So I would focus on uh, seeding as opposed to sodding, uh, namely because I just think uh, seeding, uh, anytime you can seed an area and uh, you can get it established, I think that area is going to be a little bit better off, uh, especially if you're doing a small area like this. So I would just... Uh, um, make sure that you can prepare the area and remove any kind of that dead residue, and you can dormant seed that uh, this winter. And uh, just uh, like we had mentioned earlier in the call uh, or earlier in the program, uh, just identify which species you have and then select a turfgrass species that would uh, go well there, seed that, and then this uh, grub preventer product will um, uh, will help prevent these uh, from uh, – you know, f help prevent those grubs from feeding on the lawn. Uh, but again, dense, healthy turf is your best defense against that. Boy, what hey, John, are I had... what what's the timing for that grub preventer? Yeah, thanks, Julie. Uh, that uh, typically that's going to go down in uh, in the early summer. So, um, and those products are going to um, uh, they're typically a um, they're going to be going down in. Uh, late May to early August um, is the is the ideal time, but uh, I know that's quite a quite a wide window there. But typically, I would shoot for late May, early June. Okay, good awesome. deal. Uh, let's see who's next on the phone here. Then we'll grab some text. Uh, Bev is calling in from Burnsville, I believe, uh, this morning. Thanks for waiting, Bev. What's your question? Good morning. I have a question about overwintering geraniums, propagating them using a grow light. Now, whether clippings or entire plants, does the grow light stay on 24-7 till they root, or do we imitate daylight on and off? Great question, Bev. So your, your second point is correct. You want to imitate daylight on and off. Uh, grow lights can be on for maybe 16 hours a day, and uh, I would just be sure that they are about, oh, probably about four four inches or so from your cuttings. And then as cuttings grow, you can just raise those grow lights. So you don't want them right up against the cuttings. They can, even though they're probably LED lights or something, they're probably, they may burn the, the cuttings. So just keep them above the cuttings and uh, raise them as they grow. But you are correct. So you want to simulate daylight. Okay. Well, thank you very much. That's helpful. Thank yeah. you for the call. Yeah. If you uh, want to call in your lawn and garden question or send a text either way, Six five one four six one nine two two six. A mowing question, John, is two inches too low for my final mowing of the season? Well, I think that's uh, just like a lot of questions. I think it, it's an it depends. So if you're lawn, we, we recommend uh, lowering your mowing height slightly as you're going into the winter for a number of reasons. Uh, one is to, to really just help with uh, the tree leaf litter pickup. Another is, is that it can actually help prevent snow mold on your uh, turf grass. So it, the reason why it depends is uh, if your lawn uh, is, we, it, it depends because we don't recommend, we recommend not mowing more than one third of the, of the turf height in any single mowing. So if you're trying to get down to two inches, which is a great height to be at for going into the winter, 
uh, it's right within our, our recommended range of uh, two to three inches. Uh, but uh, you'd want to just make sure that you're not mowing off too much of the, the uh, turf plants going into the winter. So if you're mowing at normally mowing at four inches, don't take it immediately down to two. You can step it down from uh, four to three and a half to three or down to two and a half in se sequential mowing uh, in sequential mowings. Okay. Uh, I know we have to break for weather here in a moment, but another lawn question. We kind of touched on this earlier. Uh, Texture says, I'm wondering about lawns that did not get water. Will they come back in the spring? Yeah, that's, uh, uh, you know, another, it depends. Uh, I think, uh, generally speaking, I think most of the areas uh, in Minnesota that did experience extreme drought, they, they still received just enough to to probably keep them alive, but I would not be surprised if we did lose some grass. And unfortunately, you're probably not going to find that out until after the spring greenup for, for some of these areas. Uh, my lawn is a perfect example of this where I lost some grass out in my boulevard that I'm planning on dormant seeding. I, I can just tell already uh, that, uh, you know, it's probably not going to come back. But, uh, yeah, it, it's been a really tough growing season for sure. And, uh, unfortunately, you likely won't know until uh, until after the, the temperatures are greening up on exactly the full extent of the damage. But, uh, but we uh, certainly received... Uh, just enough, I think, to uh, to keep most of our lawns alive and and ready to go for next year. Fingers it nice crossed. To, it was nice to get the half inch out here yesterday. Yeah, oh, let's hope. Uh, let's hope this <laughs> this uh, week's forecast, which we'll look at in a moment, is uh, comes true as well. Uh, hang on, uh, Julie and John. Uh, we're going to be having about another half hour of the show to go. We have callers, we have texters here on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Stay with us. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your uh, lawn and garden questions. This morning, if you're just joining us, Julie Weisenhorn is back with us helping us out, answering your uh, garden questions, and she has brought with her uh, John Traffy here, who's been on CCO before, but he is the turf expert from the U of M. And again, if you have any kind of a lawn or turf question, this is your day to get it answered. Call or text 651 461 9226. Julie, as you know, and John does too, uh, we always love to talk about the Arboretum. I, oh, I yes. keep thinking, what what is my favorite season to go out there? And I was <laughs> going to say fall, but you know, there's so many uh, opportunities to get out right. there, no matter what season. What's going on now? So we have finished up with our fall, our, our Halloween or fall display of scarecrows. It was a tremendous success. And of course, the weather, even though we were all praying for rain, it couldn't have been better for being out at the Arboretum and seeing the colors and seeing the, the scarecrow displays, the giant pumpkins, all the squash, everything. Um, we are moving on to winter now with winter lights. So the winter lights, uh, for those people who have not been to there, is a beautiful display outside, self-tour, uh, wandering around uh, the gardens, around the buildings, Stopping for some s'mores. We have s'mores sites uh, set up where you can kind of belly up to the campfire and and cook some s'mores and, and meet some other people who are from the Arboretum and members. And uh, all you need to do is uh, purchase a ticket. They are online. And I believe, um, I'm trying to think what it is, the cost. I want to say $10 to get in. Um, 
and members, uh, everybody should uh, try to do this. Even if you're a member, you do need a ticket. This is an additional fee for this. So yeah, so it's a great event. I think last year, no kidding, we went five times. <laughs> I believe it. We took various people with us. So, so it's a great event. Uh, lots of fun. Nice way to get outside in the winter. Excellent. Yeah, and make reservations online, and you make will not regret yes. it. Yeah. Let's grab a phone call. I think Ken might still be there calling in uh, from uh, Egan this morning. Ken, thank you. What is your question? I am uh, thinking that applying uh, fertilizer and crabgrass preventer in spring, which I normally do, um, uh, excludes dormant seeding. I would think uh, that if I dormant seed, I can't put down uh, crabgrass preventer. I can fertilize, of course, but is that right? That's the question. Good question. Yeah, thanks, Ken. That, that's a uh, that's a, another very good question. A lot of really good questions this morning. So, um, so I, I understand your concern with uh, the crabgrass preventer maybe in, potentially inhibiting the the grass seed that you're looking to uh, dormant seed to to help thicken up your lawn. And uh, for the most part, the the dormant seeding for that the there are some crabgrass preventer products that will have. Uh, less or uh, no impact on the uh, the grass seeds themselves, um, and I believe that we've got. I'm, I'm scrambling, searching right now uh, on my computer, looking for a link here. But uh, but we do have uh, a couple of different extension publications that go into a little bit more detail on this strategy if you're trying to do both at the same time. But uh, but for the most part, I would focus on the dormant seeding right now uh, and uh, making sure that. Uh, you do, like you said, you had a, a, a fertilizer product. Get, get yourself a dense, healthy turf. Uh, and, um, and as far as the crabgrass preventer goes, I would focus on that first and then, uh, uh, excuse me, seeding and fertilizing first. And then uh, waiting and seeing how your crabgrass is looking. And then if, if, uh, if that doesn't work, then uh, you can come back a little bit later. There are some other products to hit the crabgrass after the fact. But but generally, like like I said earlier in the program, dense, healthy turf is going to be your best bet for uh, for that lawn. Always is, yeah, for sure. Uh, Julie, here's one for you. It says, our roses are still blooming. Should I still <laughs> cut them back and winterize them because it's getting late? Well, I would uh, I would enjoy them. Um, I think you're going to lose them this week probably. We're getting down into, I noticed that we have some 20s uh, at night coming up. So uh, you might want to make a nice bouquet, bring it in the house, and then do your winterizing of your roses. Okay. Should I, another text, should I keep watering my two trees? I planted them in the spring. Yes, yes. Oh, I'm so glad someone brought that up. It's been so dry. Keep watering your trees and shrubs up until we cannot water anymore. And that means you've either had to turn off your spigots because of freeze or the soil has frozen or it could be both also. But water as much as you can. We got a half inch of rain this week, at least out here in Mound where I live. But uh, we really need to keep watering as much as we can, especially those trees and shrubs, especially the newly planted ones, because they are still establishing their roots back into their soil. Very good. Keep going. Uh, Take a phone call. I think Ken is hanging on the line. They're calling in from Chaska this morning. Uh, Let's see if Ken is still there. Ken, are you still with us? Yes, I am. What's your question, please? I was going to ask a question regarding trying to eliminate uh, yellow nuts edge via 
dormant seating, you know, since it's starting to die out now, or not die, but uh, uh, just to rake it and apply dormant seating now, and hopefully that will overtake the yellow nuts hedge rather than doing the physical work of physically removing the patches of being digging them out. Uh, would that be a possibility to try to eliminate them doing just dormant seating now, and hopefully the grass will overtake the yellow nuts hedge, or is that wishful thinking? Uh, I, unfortunately, Ken, I believe that's probably going to be wishful thinking. It's not to not to uh, suggest that you try anyways. So yellow nutsedge is a is a little bit of a problematic weed. Uh, one of the issues with it is that it can basically thrive anywhere, but sometimes it's a little bit more of an indication of of a little bit more moist conditions. And if you have any way of controlling that, I know we had record drought this year. You would think uh, nutsedge would not have been as much of an issue, but uh, just in case you do have an irrigation system, uh, I would consider backing that off if that is the case, uh, because nutsedge, yellow nutsedge, can be an indication of of, uh, of wet conditions, but uh, but it can also thrive in very dry ones too. Uh, so, uh, but as far as uh, the overseeding affecting the yellow nutsedge, I would just uh, again, you know, a dense healthy turf is is typically a a, a great defense against pests like weeds. Uh, for example, weeds like yellow nutsedge. So, you know, I would still encourage you to do that. Um, if the yellow nutsedge is that much of an issue, there are some uh, pro, there are some post-emergent uh, controls for yellow nutsedge. Those are sulfonylurea herbicides, uh, but uh, but those are you know in most lawn conditions that's uh, you know those are a little bit uh, you know unnecessary. But if if someone is so inclined to try to control it, there are some options out there to doing that in addition to having a dense, healthy turf. Okay. Here's a text uh, that says this. We have a strip of our lawn that is used as a walkway from front yard to backyard. It is mostly shady, gets trampled by foot traffic. Bare patches have formed. The ground seems very hard. How can we rescue the grass in that area? Well, uh, the the first thing that I would do is uh, kind of like on the yellow nuts edge. I would search. Uh, I would I'd think about what the cause of the problem is first, just to make sure that you know you're not putting you know having to constantly rework this area. So, uh, one one particular thing I would look at is soil compaction, and you can use uh, you could rent an aerifier or you could uh, contract someone uh, to to come out and aerify. And then what that would do is that would relieve soil compaction. Uh, so. Uh, so that's one option that I would consider. Uh, a second option would be to plant a turf grass species that is uh, a little bit more traffic tolerant. And the Kentucky bluegrass uh, is the most traffic tolerant grass that we have uh, adapted for this area. Uh, there's also uh, perennial ryegrass, tall fescue, and then the fine fescues in, in that order. Um, but there are uh, numerous options for, for withstanding that area. You know, and, and honestly, if, if this is a shaded area that has really limited growing potential. You know, you might want to consider just using stone pavers instead of uh, instead of just having grass. So uh, something along those lines that that might help with that. But first, I would try some uh, some of those remedies I mentioned: the airification, uh, and then planting a traffic tolerant turf grass like uh, Kentucky bluegrass in that area. And I'd if like just... to put in I'd like to put in a plug for uh, considering just like John, kind of following up on the pavers, but also creating uh not having turf back there and creating more of a shade garden with a with a pathway through it mm, yeah. exactly that's a nice compromise there's some places grass shouldn't grow <laughs> exactly <laughs> if you're no just... offense taken from my end I can... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 
If you're just joining us, uh, besides Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M, we have John Trappy, who is the turf expert from the U of M, helping you out this morning, taking advantage of both at 651-461-9226. This texter says this, uh, I seeded after aeration in September. I did not get a chance to fertilize this fall. Next spring, what should I do? What type, what are the three numbers, and when should I fertilize? Well, that is a, uh, there, there's a lot there. Okay, so uh, the first thing that I would do is I think that's a great idea. I think you're on the right track there for trying to seed right after uh, the aerification. Unfortunately, we didn't get a whole lot of supplemental rainfall that would have helped that germinate that seed and allow those plants to emerge and, and to mature and develop. So uh, you might actually get some germination in the, in the, the following spring uh, and to mature and develop. So... Uh, you might actually get some germination in the, in the, the following spring, uh, but I would just uh, f- pay attention to that this spring and, and consider reloading on, on some of that seed. And in doing so, I would consider applying uh, what is called a starter fertilizer. Um, and in the state of Minnesota, anytime that you're seeding, uh, you can actually use a fertilizer product that has phosphorus in it. Um, now, this... Um, uh, person's uh, comment about, you know, what are the three numbers to use? Uh, there are uh, numerous, the, I believe that they're referring to the fertilizer analyses of uh, total nitrogen, uh, plant available phosphorus, and soluble potassium in that order of those numbers. So if you have a 12-12-12, that means you have 12% nitrogen, 12% uh, plant available phosphorus, and 12% potassium. Now, I would actually recommend a product like a 12-12-12 as a starter fertilizer in this case because you're applying the seed because it has the, that middle number of the phosphate. Now, uh, I would do that only at seeding uh, with that phosphorus. I think uh, anytime you're fertilizing uh, and anytime you're seeding, I think you should consider taking a soil test just to make sure that you're, the nutrient status of your soil uh, the University of Minnesota has a soil testing laboratory, uh, on, and it has instructions on how to collect those soil samples. But I think that's always a great idea anytime you're, you're trying to establish an area by seed, uh, especially if it's after a, a, a disturbance like aerification, is, is a great time to do that. So um, as far as that fertilizer product, something containing that phosphorus, that middle number, is a great idea. Uh, so there's numerous products. You can get a 12-12-12. You could use like a... Uh, a 10, uh, 1032, 10, for example, there's, there's a number of different products out there, but I would just focus on having one that has both nitrogen and phosphorus in it. Okay. I'm getting a signal. We need to take a break. We have about 6 million text messages that we won't be able to get to. We'll have a lightning round. (laughs) Yeah, maybe a lightning (laughs) round, even with that. So hang on. Uh, We'll uh, take this quick break here and uh, be right back with the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show here. Don't forget, turn your clocks back one hour As you retire tonight, fall back one hour. Stay with us on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. Every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour this morning, if you're just joining us, uh, Julie Weisenhorn and John Trappy from the University of Minnesota were talking really a lot of lawns and gardens, as Julie mentioned, a lot of lawn talk this morning uh, with uh, with John Trappy, our guest. That's okay. Yes, indeed, yes. Um, and our time is so limited here. I, I don't want to forget, uh, and I want to do a quick plug here for uh, the Washington County Master Gardener Volunteers 
They're having a, yeah. a garden market, um, a craft sale, 10 to 2 today at, uh, let's see, the community, 2300 Orleans Street in Stillwater. So awesome. good going, and let's hope the weather holds out. Uh, we could use the rain for the master gardeners, but I think uh, you should be in good uh, good shape today. Thanks for That's letting great. us know. Yeah, thank um, you to all the volunteers, too. Our master gardeners are volunteers, so that's uh, we so appreciate all that they do. All right, let's see. Oh, there's so many. Uh, here's an interesting uh, question. Awesome garden show, thank you. Question, because water is at a premium, sometimes I water my plants with water I used when I was cooking. Can okay. I also use water, let's say, when I used to, uh, that I used to boil potatoes? A little starchy water there. What do you think? Yeah, I think actually as long as it's cooled down uh, and it's food, uh, you're not boiling like you don't have it added any chemicals to it or anything. Um, yeah, you can certainly use that water for watering your plants. Good for you. That's a, a good way for, for to uh, conserve water. Yeah. I know what Julie would say to this, uh, to answer this question, uh, but uh, John, uh, this one says, good morning, your guest discussed the best way to oversee this fall. Do I need to scratch the soil in my lawn before I overseed, or do I need to go over my lawn with a roller? What What's the process of, of I guess, dormant seeding at this time of year? How do we do yeah, that? We got a great observation there. I it, generally speaking, the a successful way to to establish anything by seed is to make sure you have good seed to soil contact. Now, you can scratch up the surface if you can get out there and do that before we get freezing soil temperatures and everything freezes. Uh, but if you can't, I wouldn't necessarily think it's a lost cause because you have a natural freeze-thaw cycle that we're trying to take advantage of with the dormant seeding to allow that seed to just slowly work its way into the soil and have good seed-to-soil contact. I noticed, too, before we head out of here, we have tons of questions, and I agree. What a mole problem this year. And I'm seeing a lot of listeners have, have the same as, as our, as our uh, lawn here. Why all of a sudden it seems like a lot of moles in a lot of yards? That is a a good question. I, I think it, um, you know, some of it, uh, you know, there is a little bit of a misconception that moles are feeding on white grubs. They really feed on everything. I think earthworms are the number one thing that they're feeding on. Mm. Uh, it could just be that there's uh, more insects up uh, near the surface where there's limited moisture. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I don't really have a, an, an educated answer for, for that question. It's a good uh, it's a good thought, though. Yeah, very interesting. I just uh, had, had noticed this. Um, there's a text, and I think we're just about out of time. I want to oversee my lawn this fall, this says. I plan to do it just before snow that will stay. But what happens in the spring if it is dry after the snow melts? And at what temp does the seed germinate? Follow-up question, same texture. Yeah, so we could answer that just really quickly. So see, the turf seed is going to germinate somewhere around about 48 degrees of soil temperature. So in order to have that, you're going to have to have several days into the 60s, for example. Maybe, you know, maybe a couple of weeks in a row uh, in, the fifth, in the high 50s. But you're going to, uh, you're going to just have to have uh, fairly warm soil temperatures. Um, you know, I would just keep an eye on that. Um, Generally speaking, I think it's it's typically right around the same time that red buds might be germinating uh, or, excuse me, blooming, uh, that you would find consistent germination. You can also keep an eye out for knotweed. It's a, it's a weed that will be growing along sidewalks and driveways and roadsides. 
if when you start seeing that germinate, that's when you should start seeing your grassy germinating. And if you need to apply some supplemental water to that area, that's when I would start doing it is, is uh, when you start getting those soil temperatures and you start seeing things like knotweed pop up. Uh, Julian, John, we have less than a minute to go on the show. Wow, that went by qu- quickly. John, I hope you pay us another visit uh, when, when you can. Uh, Julie. And come out to the Brew Fest today. Yeah, tell me about that. The abiders are playing at the Brew Fest when and where? We're playing at the Tonka Brew Fest. It's at Gale Woods Farm in Minatrista, 3 to 6 today. Uh, $50 a ticket. You can still get your tickets online or at the door at tonkabrewfest.com. And it is a benefit, a fundraiser for our Mound West Tonka Rotary. It does great works, 20 breweries, live music, brats, beautiful location. Come on out. I would love to see some of our listeners out there. And you might even answer a couple of garden questions. <laughs> yeah, during the break. <laughs> during the <laughs> break, of course. Yeah. <laughs> again, John Trappy, thank you, uh, Professor, for joining us. And uh, let's do this again when you have the time. What do you say? My pleasure. I'd love to be back. All right, good Absolutely. deal. Th- thank you both. And get on the web, extension.umn.edu, and get some great information that these folks work hard to impart there. All right, thank you, Julie. Thank you, John. And uh, stay Thanks, tuned next for a news break. And get those home improvement questions ready. Andy Lindis will be doing those very things coming along just a matter of minutes after the news break. Uh, don't forget, turn your clocks back one hour. Daylight saving time ends at uh, 2 tomorrow. Right now, 32 degrees in the Twin Cities. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.